Hello, hello, welcome, and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna Burt and Candace Gomez. Jenna is a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Candace is an active duty member of 17 years, a military spouse of 13 years, a mom, and a student. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us today. As always, we highly encourage you to share our podcast. Also, we appreciate any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave us some feedback, please feel free to email us at confessionsofamilkspouse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at confessionsofamilkspouse. Really quickly, um, because normally at the end of that intro, I say, or you can find us at publichousemedia.org. Um, <laughs> I addressed it on our Instagram and our Facebook, but I want to address it on here. Uh, Public House Media has unfortunately closed its doors. And um, as you all know, that is the publishing company that this pod ha- podcast had been with um, since the start of it all. Um, so I am very, very sad that they have closed their doors. Um, it's not sure whether it's an indefinite closure or just a temporary closure. Um, but obviously we are still here, uh, which is most important because we're still able to bring content to you. And with that being said, I do want to thank our editor and now publisher, Josh, um, for doing all that he has done for our podcast previously and continues to do so we can continue to bring this content to our listeners. Um, So now that that is out of the way, (laughs) let's dive into the good stuff, which is going to be talking about marriage enrichment. Now, when Candace came to this with me, uh, came to me with this, I think is what I was actually (laughs) trying to say. Um, (laughs) She said she had saw a flyer for Credo and I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of going to let you take the lead because I don't know anything about that. But (laughs) with that being said, I will let Candice go ahead and jump in and tell you guys what exactly we mean when we're talking about marriage. Yeah, so I don't think uh, we're specifically talking about doing something like Credo, which honestly, I don't even know what it stands for, but I do know that it's a... I don't. I know it stands for something, I think. Um, I've never been, but I saw um, a friend of mine, his wife, tagged him in a post on Facebook, and they had gone to Credo, and she posted some pictures, and it was really cute. They were um, like a had gone to dinner. It was like a date night thing. So Credo is for couples. Sorry for people, for those who don't know, Credo is for couples, for marriage, like enrichment type things to kind of refocus. I think it's faith-based. So I think there is some um, prayer or something to that effect. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Yes. I'm sorry. I'm Googling it right now to be 100% honest. Um Yeah. So, but yes, it is kind of religiously based, I would say. Yeah, because it's through the chaplain. I know that for sure. Like you sign up through the chaplain, most of the chaplains host it, um, that kind of stuff. But when I saw that, I was like, how cute. They went on like a date night and they have a young daughter. She's a toddler, I think. Um, and they've lived overseas and they were dual active. I'm not sure if she's still on active duty, but I know they were dual active. Um, 
So that's kind of where the idea came from for me was just to talk about some things that maybe focus primarily on the marriage aspect and less on being a parent and being really the one who kind of runs your household and keeps those things together because making a grocery shopping list and going grocery shopping together or running errands or popping out to go to lunch or whatever is not gonna be something that sustains you forever there's got to be something on a deeper level that enriches and and grows your relationship as a couple Yes, absolutely. And just so we can redeem ourselves a little bit, CREDO is an acronym for Chaplain's Religious Enrichment Development Operation. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> See, now we got it. Now we know. Um, but it does make complete sense um, because obviously it's talking about enrichment. And I'm sure in those classes, I I will be honest, I've had a ton of people recommend them and say that they really are um, a great thing for you and your spouse to do. But like you said, grocery shopping, going out to eat to grab dinner with your kid, um, you know, taking vacations to see family, those things aren't really enriching your marriage, so to speak, at least not mine. Um, right. Because, yeah, going out to eat, it's nice. I'm not having to do the dishes. I'm not having to cook the food. I'm not having to really decide what we're eating. But at the same time, like if our if our daughter is there, chances are if he and I try to have a conversation, we're going to be interrupted probably a minimum of 10 times. Yeah. Um, and then that's not productive and that's not enriching our relationship at all because then we're both frustrated because we're trying to have this conversation. She's trying to have a conversation with us and it's, it gets to, the, for me at least, it gets to the point of like, oh, I can't. Blah. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. So like that happened to me a while ago, like on Friday nights we go get pizza, but the pizza place has a TV in it, which is totally fine. We go to like literally the best pizza place in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is really small. There's a lot of pizza places though. Um, so we go there like every Friday night and they know us when we come in, we're, I guess, regulars are old enough to be regulars. <laughs> you're regulars at this point. If they know you, you're regulars. Yeah. Yeah, so we go, but there's a TV, and sometimes they play movies that are appropriate for kids, and sometimes they don't, but, you know, they're an adult restaurant. They're not, like, family-style stuff, right? They're it's just a pizza place, right? They serve alcohol, like, any other place. So sometimes they play kid-appropriate movies, sometimes they don't. But one of the things that really got to me was after just so long of going there, I just got so tired of arguing with the kids about not watching the TV while they eat. That like one weekend I finally was like, I don't even want to go. If I have to listen to one more time, either one of us has to say, stop watching the TV and eat your food. I was like, I think I'm going to scream while we're there. Those, it's nice to go out Friday night and know that on Fridays we're going to have pizza and no one has to do anything. We just have to get in the car and we have to go. And we'll have leftovers for lunch and snacks throughout the weekend, which is great. But that's about all it does for me. Right. Right? Like there's no more to it. And I think it's incredibly important, even when you are as busy as military families get and military couples get, it is important to stop and recognize one another and appreciate the things that you do for each other and attempt at your best to sporadically or even regularly 
go out of your way to do something that is specifically for your spouse and no one else that lives in your house. Because, I mean, who doesn't want someone to do something specifically for them at least every once in a while? That literally is for no one else, right? Like, yes. There's been a few times my husband will bring flowers home. I think like a while back he brought home sunflowers like last year when they were in bloom or whatever in it on sale. Uh, no one else <laughs> in my house like gives a crap. Not on sale, but like they were being sold. You know what I mean? Like they were in yeah. season. They were in season. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I could really just picture Chris being like, oh, these flowers are on sale. Let me get them. <laughs> that was the wrong choice of words. <laughs> but like he brought them home. And I, I like sunflowers. Those are like my favorite. Um, and so like nobody else in the house cares about having flowers in the house, but I always like having fresh flowers and we lived in Oki. It was super easy. They were very cheap. You bought them at the, um, at the, I don't say vegetable market, like the farmer's market. Um, so it was super easy. I always bought my own, but you know, since we've been stateside, it's not really, it's not really cost effective to always have fresh flowers in your house. So he brought some home just randomly one day and, uh, you know, that wasn't for anybody other than for me because he could care less if there's flowers in the house and my kids would be like, oh, those are pretty. And then nobody touches them. You know, like everybody just stares at right. them. They could die and wilt in the vase for like two weeks and everybody would just stare at them. <laughs> They've got mold you know? growing on them. Like, Yeah. So like even small things like that. But, you know, um, a couple years ago, my, my husband's um, stepmom and my father-in-law, they he uh, was going through some cancer treatment and towards the end, his numbers were um, in a healthy place. And so what he had always talked about going to Mexico to the, to the ruins down there. And um, she surprised him at Christmas time. We came home that year for Christmas because, you know, everybody was worried and we didn't know if it was going to be the last time we all had Christmas together, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she, she was like, I'm going to surprise him with a trip to Mexico. He has no idea. And so it was like the last present that got opened and he literally like just didn't know what to do with himself. And after all these years of being together, she surprised him with a trip to Mexico, somewhere he'd always wanted to go and off they went, you know, and it was a great time for them. It was really good. So it could be something little or an entire trip to Mexico. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think that's a good point. Like, I don't know, obviously, how long they had been together, but I'm sure they've been together a while. And I Mm -hmm. think that is one of the hardest things. I know I've struggled with it. I'm sure you guys have struggled with it. Um, Is that, you know, when you're married and then you bring kids into the picture or a kid into the picture, uh, it's really easy to get lost in that mix of being a family. Um, and I can say a hundred percent right now, you know, we're kind of going through that even in this season right now. Um, I've got a lot of stuff going on with my health that I'm trying to get figured out. Um, right now has been like the busiest season for dance for Ella and probably for the last two weeks or so, we have just been going through the motions to get it done. Um, I finally had like a full on breakdown this weekend to the point where, I mean, I didn't even know what I was crying about anymore. (laughs) I think I was just crying to cry because I had just been so overwhelmed and so lost in everything else um, that it just, you forget that you're, you're people, you are a person, your spouse is a person. And there was a reason that you two got together. There was a reason that, you know, you guys love each other and you decided to spend each, spend your rest of the life 
your life with that other person. Um, and it's those little things that either you used to do for them or they used to do for you. Um, and I feel like you just get so lost in life that you forget about that a lot of times. Yeah. And those things change and evolve too, right? So that's why like, it's important for me to say like, you have to have these conversations with, with the people that you're in a marriage with, that you're in a relationship with, because if you're not having conversations with each other about what is fulfilling to that other person and really learning that with age and time as an individual, those things evolve, your relationship has to evolve with it. Because if it doesn't, then you get in a really bad place and no one's listening and things are misconstrued and you're on totally different paths. And that's really not somewhere anybody really wants to be. So like you have to acknowledge too, that if you got married at 18 and you were, your spouse was just starting their career in the military and now you're, you know, 28 or 29 and you're all these years into the military and you have children, your needs, your desires, you as a person, you've evolved, you've changed some of those things you used to want when you were 18, you probably don't want anymore or have no need for. And the same is true for your spouse. And so you have to find a way to communicate those things to each other and understand that just because something used to work when you were 18 years old may not work anymore. So you have to figure out what those new things are. And really the only way to do that is to open that communication between the two of you um, and just take it for what it is, right? Because, you know, if my husband had brought me flowers and I was like, oh, oh, okay, thanks. And I was like, um, I don't, not really into sunflowers anymore, but these are cool. Like, thanks for the flowers. <laughs> right? Like, it's true. It's, that's not, that would not have been about him. That is just literally like me expressing, like, I appreciate the gesture. I appreciate the flowers. I'm just not really into sunflowers anymore. Like when I was 15, I was in sunflowers, but like now not so much. I mean, that's not true for me, but I'm just right. saying like, that's just a really simple example for someone, right? Like, you know, maybe when you were 18, you wanted a bunch of kids. Now you're one kid in and your spouse is like, whoa, a bunch of kids. <laughs> one is pump, enough. Yeah, one and done. Let's pump the brakes on that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, things things change though, right? Like, you know, when you're 18, do you know what you want to do for the rest of your life? Some people, sure, but not everybody. Shoot, and, I'm 32 and I still don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life, so. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I've got a big transition coming up whenever I retire and when, uh, you know, the time is done in the military. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now what the hell that's going to look like for me, you know? but Absolutely. It's important to recognize that those things change and your spouse will have different goals. Um, and you got to talk through those things. You got to be honest about those. And then you can't take those things personally because it's not about you. It's about them evolving and you trying to understand what's going on and learn and grow with them and appreciate the new things that they're exploring in life. Because if you don't, if you take it personal, it's just going to end up bad, right? Yes. And I definitely think having that line of communication is huge because the minute that you stop talking about stuff and, you know, now you have like whatever it is going on in your mind that you think your spouse should be doing and then they're not doing it, that's only going to cause frustration and animosity. Um, I know firsthand because there have been numerous times where I'm like, I don't understand why this mother effer will not take the trash out when it's full. <laughs> like, I mean, 
you know, and then I just get frustrated and angry instead of talking to him and having a conversation saying, Hey, um, you know, I noticed the last few times that the trash has been full, like you've waited to take it out. Is it because trash day is coming? Is it because you just don't want to, is it, you know, you want to switch roles and do something else? Like, what is it? And he's like, Oh, I just didn't realize it bothered you that much. Okay. Problem solved. Like super simple conversation, but sometimes I feel like for people that conversation is hard to have. And that open line of communication is hard to have because people don't like change. I'll be the first to admit it. I don't like change. I don't like the unknown. And it definitely can. Yeah. Well, it definitely can sound like you're being very, um, like it can come off very easily can come off as demeaning or rude or, you know, just sound like very negative. Right. Like, right. One of the things that we learned going through marriage counseling was when you were going through things like that or dealing with stuff like that, just say, start your sentence with, I feel like own what you're saying instead of focusing it on the other person. So like, like you're saying about the trash, right? Like, Hey, listen, I feel like, um, you're avoiding taking out the trash and it really feels overwhelming for me. So I feel very overwhelmed when I'm trying to do other things and the trash is full. And I, I feel like you could take the trash out and be a little helpful, Um, so did you just not notice or like, what is going on? Can you help? And sometimes when you approach it from, I feel this way because, uh, it's a little more well received, not all the time, but it can be easier to understand. Right. Cause then you're owning, you're owning it instead of blaming. Right. Right. Pointing the finger, blaming. Right. And you know, we just recently had a conversation and, you know, Dustin and I have been through marriage counseling before. I think that everybody that is married should go through marriage counseling. Um, you know, there's this big taboo and this big stigma around it. And you go to marriage counseling if you have problems and yada, yada, yada. And I don't necessarily think that should be the case for everybody. Obviously, if you have problems, like, yes, go to therapy. It's very helpful. But even if you don't, still go to therapy. It's still very helpful. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we recently just had to sit down and have a conversation because I hate cooking. I'm going to be honest about it. Like, I understand (laughs) I am a female. Like, I am supposed to like cooking, but I don't. I just don't. Um, It's stressful. It's overwhelming for me. And after a really long day, I literally do not have the energy to do it. Um, so I just had to sit down, Dustin and I just had to sit down and have a conversation about that, you know, because he's a, he would come home. I would be super irritable about the fact that I was having to cook dinner. I was tired. My feet hurt all of these other things. And, you know, he's just strolling in the door like, Hey, how was your day? <sighs> Bruh. <laughs> well, Bruh. if you don't know Dustin, he's just almost always like that. Yes. So Emphasis this conversation with that. He is always like that. So always, always. When, yes, but when you're, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to where their spouse is just always trying to be in a good mood, and or they are just always in a good mood, and they don't get you know that irritated with things that probably irritate you. But I, I'm the same way as you are. Um, we've talked a lot about who doesn't earn, who doesn't. I did it for a very, very, very long time, um, and I don't, I don't do it anymore he does dinner and that's because our approach to 
deciding what we eat for dinner every night is so drastically different that I'm like, either you're doing it or I'm doing it, but there literally is no in between because I want to murder you whenever (laughs) we are trying to come up with this because we are so drastically different. I have so much going on that I'm either in charge of it or I'm not because I either need to fit it into my schedule or I don't. I can't have these, something like that. For me, it just doesn't work. Right. Um, And so you're either doing it or I'm doing it, right? And for me, it bleeds into a lot of other things. So if I'm looking at dinner, I'm looking at what we're doing on what specific night because there's dance, because there's Girl Scouts, because, you know, you and I have to do a recording or I have homework I need to do for school or something, 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 right? So I'm looking at the day. What's the easiest to make that day for that specific time? What day will I have more time to make whatever? And then I'm a person who will get the recipes and I need to break it down. And for a long time, I wrote down my grocery shopping list by category. If it was dairy, it was in the dairy box. If it was fresh produce, it was in the fresh produce box. If it was frozen, it was in the frozen box. And I'm not joking. I had a piece of paper that had boxes I believe on it. it. I can see yeah. it right now. <laughs> because I literally just couldn't do it. I was, I, we, we were married, but my husband was on the drill field and I had mm. a newborn baby slash pre-toddler running around my house working full-time I was working at the academy so I was teaching I had a pretty decent schedule but still you know I am responsible for the house and everything that's going on there you know so I was like I literally I have to do this the way that makes the most sense for me that I feel like I can thrive off of because if I can't thrive off of the system I'm using then this is going to be bad all around for all of us right and so the other part that was really bad for us when he was on the drill field. And so I, I, I really want to make sure we talk about this because a lot of s- services, I think all of them have what the Marine Corps calls a B billet. I'm not sure if all the services call it that, but it's that, you know, it's that drill sergeant or that drill instructor duty. It's going and being a recruiter, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the <laughs> Marine Corps. It's also MSG duty serving at the embassies and stuff like that around the world. So these duties take so much time away from families for the service member that when I was in that position, I had to do the thing that worked best for me so that me and my child could thrive and have fun. And I wasn't just literally surviving for three years because we would have never made it. And there was a lot of time during those times where, you know, he would come home and have dinner with us and then literally like fall asleep on the couch and I would give the baby a bath, put the baby to sleep, feed the baby, um, you know, clean the kitchen, cook the meals, get things ready for the next day, pack a lunch, get breakfast stuff prepared, make the baby's bottles for the next day. It was exhausting. I was doing all of that on my own, even though he was home. And I never talked about it then because, you know, I understood as an active duty member, I understand the demands of a bee right. billet not better than everybody else, just maybe a little more. Um, and so I tried to be very understanding of that, but there comes a point, right? Where you still have to have this conversation. like, listen, I know you're tired, but also I'm tired because I got up every two hours with the baby. And I've done that for the last three to four months. So like you can also wash the effing dishes because if you don't do it, I might murder you in your sleep. Right. You know, you're going to pass out on that couch and you're not going to wake up. (laughs) And you're literally not going to wake up ever again. But like, you have to have those conversations with each other because even through different phases of your life, those things are going to change in your relationship. Those things are going to change for you as an individual and they're changing for your spouse as well. Right. So maybe a religious retreat with 
like a credo or a chaplain is not your thing, but a marriage counselor, you can go to a marriage counselor and just say, hey, we want some things that are going to help us enrich our relationship and really be able to focus on our own relationship. Um, yes. And absolutely. you can remove the like faith-based part of it, right? You can remove yeah. the religious aspect and still want to enrich your relationship with one another. Right. And that's why I think... I am a very big advocate that everybody go to marriage therapy, like to marriage counseling. Um, Like I said before, I know there's this big stigma around it, but it's not just for people who are struggling. Like you just said, if you want to enrich your marriage, find a counselor, go to a credo, do something that will help. You're not going to have all of the answers on your own. It just doesn't happen. I mean, Dustin and I have been married... I think 11 years this year or something like that. Um, (laughs) You just just lose track of time eventually. Um, But we've been married for a long time. And like Candace said, our needs are always changing. Um, You know, my health issues, um, it's like I get one thing under control and then something else comes up. And then it's this really vicious cycle. And when I'm going through it, I'm not one to really talk about it. Um, what I'm currently going through now, I'm definitely going to write an episode and talk about because, um, as I've been going through it and as I've been researching and all of this other stuff, like I've realized it's something that definitely needs to be talked about because it's not talked about enough. Um, but it has taken me, I've been dealing with this for a while now and it's taken me to this point. I mean, it's been months to get to this point of even being able to talk about it and not just with, um, I don't want to say random people, but like our listeners, um, but even with Dustin, um, because in my mind, I'm like, first of all, he's got a lot going on. I don't want to burden him. And second of all, like he's not going to understand. Well, and that's true. He may not completely understand, but he can empathize and he can realize like, oh shit, like she's really struggling. Um, she's not just being lazy today, you know? Yeah. And that's your support system, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's got to be the person, you know, your spouse really needs to be the person that is your support system through all of the things, right? And the same, the same, the other way around. I think, um, you know, as the, as the active duty member, I think sometimes there's just a expectation that certain things happen because you're the one who goes and works and all that kind of stuff. And the reality is like, there's got to be some shared responsibility somewhere in there, right? It's like the whole like argument with stay-at-home moms. Um, yeah. You know, like, oh, why well, must you're a stay-at-home mom? Like, why isn't the house clean? Okay, listen. If yeah. you've never chased a toddler around, um, you get about a half a second of alone time, you know, and that's about it. And recently, we've discovered that our now that our children don't follow us to the bathroom every single time we go, <laughs> our dog has started following us to the bathroom. <laughs> You know, so if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Right, but- right. And I can say, like, the first year of Ella's life, um, I was a stay-at-home parent. And I will be 100% honest, I went into it with the notion of, like, psh, stay-at-home parent. You sleep when the baby sleeps, you eat when the baby eats. Like, I'm going to get so much done. No. Oh, that was such a fantasy world to be living in. Um, yeah. <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, Ella was literally one of the hardest babies, I think known to earth um obviously that's not true but um she just cried 
all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean all the time. It was very rare if she was not eating and she was not sleeping that she was not crying. Um, and as a parent, that is exhausting. Yeah. Um, and to be 100% honest, that's part of the reason that Dustin and I are not having any more kids. Um, it took a toll on me mentally, physically, emotionally, and also took a toll on him. Now, mind you, he was on recruiting duty at this time, so he didn't get to experience yeah. a lot of it. Um, but then it also took a toll on us because we were not communicating. Um, you know, he wouldn't necessarily come home with the expectations of like, oh, why isn't stuff around the house done? But, um, I think he had a hard time understanding why I was so angry and frustrated and, you know, upset and tired and all of these other things. And looking back now, I can wholeheartedly say that I... I'm sure had postpartum depression that I did not treat, which, you know, added to everything. Um, And I just, this, the stigma of like you said, Oh, you're a stay at home mom must be nice. Um, I think I probably worked harder as a stay at home mom than I do going to work every day now. Yeah. I'm telling you it seriously, uh, you know, the military up until recently hasn't been very great with, um, maternity leave they have gotten significantly better thank god um but when i had rosie you know i had six weeks with her and then poof back to work yeah. um and that was hard you know and um so i think really for me i just want people to understand that hey this conversation you need to have with your spouse about children is a big deal because they're fantastic. And I love my children. I have been through hell and back to have living children. And I would not um, wish that experience on anybody. And I would never change any of my journey to get to where I am to have children. But I have literally been through hell and back to have them. Um, And it is a game changer in your marriage. And so it is a conversation that people really need to have. And it's got to go past like, yeah, I want to have kids. Yes. Well, okay. But who who's going to sign them up for activities? Who's going to take them to school? Are they going to daycare? What type of daycare do you want them to go to? One of the things that we kind of argued about, and I just kind of did anyway because you know my husband really wasn't home when Rosie was born. But I taught her baby sign language, and it was really beneficial for me and for her. It took a lot of frustration out of it. Um, that doesn't work for everybody. And he was kind of on board, didn't really understand. Um, and, you know, you've also got to know your spouse, right? Like for him to repetitiously yes. ask her through voice and signing if she's all done and waving his hands in the air a million times throughout <laughs> the day, he doesn't have the patience for that, which is fine, right? And I, I'm and sorry, I, I don't that. mean to laugh, but I can just see yeah. him doing <laughs> He doesn't have the patience to stick it out for her to really learn that, right? And that's okay. I do. But he just looks at me like, you're out of your mind. You're putting in so much work for something. But it really made a difference for me. And, um, you know, those kinds of conversations, though, are so important. Like, right now, we go back and forth about dance. Like, I want her to go to another day of dance. She wanted to do hip-hop and ballet. And I made her go to this progressive ballet technique class that she goes to. And she's doing ballet. She, I wanted to do three classes. She wanted to do hip hop. And um, my husband was like, I don't really want her to go to any dance because it just takes <laughs> up our evenings. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll meet in the middle. And instead of doing none or three, we'll do two. How about that? 
so you know it but these are conversations you really need to have with one another. Like, what activities do you see your children getting into? You know, are you going to baptize them or whatever your religion does? I'm Catholic, so all I know is baptizing um, children. So <laughs> I don't know how that works in other. Yeah, I don't know how it works in other religions, but I'm sure you know. How do you induct them into your faith, right? How do you, you know, are you going to take them to church or wherever you worship at, right? Like those things are important, you know, like it's important to have those conversations before you actually have the children, because the last thing you want to do is figure it out on the fly when you're tired and you're frustrated with the baby and you're trying to learn all this new crap. Like I just had a Marine have a baby and I was like, you have a stroller, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, but do you have a jogging stroller? Or do you have a regular stroller? And she was like, there's more than one kind of stroller. And I'm like, Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> there's a whole lot of different kinds of strollers. I'm like, what kind of car seat do you have? So there's so many things that when you have a baby you're going to be worried about the things like I don't I don't want to have to be worried about whether or not we're going to baptize our children because we've already made that decision it's just easier right right or like what is the expectation for feeding my child so those are the things that you guys need to talk about before you embark on that kind of adventure right absolutely like, it's so important and I really like I will just throw this out there too, because I think it's important as a community that those newer spouses, those younger spouses, that the older spouses that have been around for a while and have been doing this, reach out to them and really teach them things. Yes. Um, one of the things I made one of my Marines do, he's in a very committed relationship with his girlfriend. She goes to school in South Carolina or Atlanta. They're from South Carolina. She goes to school in Atlanta. I, I don't know. Either way, we're in North Carolina. She's not. Um, he has no intention of getting married until she has definitely completed her school because he does not want to derail that for her. It's something she wants to go do. Um, but I think there's intentions from both of them to get married and eventually have children and they're very committed to one another. And they've been doing this, uh, they were together in high school and they've been doing this long distance relationship, meeting at home and she'll come out here and he'll go there on long weekends. They've been doing it for about two years now. Um, and going strong, you know, it hasn't been easy. And he has said that he's like, Oh, my girlfriend's just driving me crazy right now. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. You know, like you guys want to be together. You're going to have times where you're not going to like each other very much. That's okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but he, our, our chaplain was doing like this premarital workshop or something. And I looked at my two young Marines, one who's had a long-term girlfriend and one who doesn't. And I said, you're both going. And they were like, what? Well, we're not getting married. And I said, yeah, but eventually at some point in your life, you will. And what I need you to understand is the things that go into a marriage and how will you really understand your partner to my one Marine who has a girlfriend. And I looked at my other Marine who wasn't dating anybody, isn't dating anybody. I said, and you need to understand that these are the kinds of conversations that you need to be having with someone that you date so that you understand them. And when you're ready to make that commitment, you're actually ready to make that commitment. And so they went and my Marine that was dating someone came back and he's like, I feel really good about that. I was like, yeah, how was it? And he was like, I knew a lot of the stuff they were talking about, about my girlfriend. He's like, I think I only had to ask her like one or two things, but I knew almost everything. And I was like, that's good. And then my Marine who isn't dating anybody, he was like, I mean, I couldn't answer a lot of questions because they were like, tell me this about your significant other. He was like, but I get it. Like that made a lot of sense. Like I see why you you really wanted me to go. And right. I'm like, 
these are important things, right? And so when you see younger spouses, newer spouses, especially when they're going through those hard times, when they're, when they're first entering that, you know, recruiting duty or whatever they're doing when they go, you know, to boot camp or be an instructor boot camp or whatever it is for the service that your spouse is in or that you're in, um, you know, and, and when they're first starting out and they're young and they're 18 and they're just married and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I, you know, how to buy a mattress for my house? Cause I've never done that before. Like, oh, we saw that happen here. <laughs> Not when we first met to her, I don't mean like, to laugh, but like this seriously. is legitimately the stuff that happens. Yeah. And so I think just as, as a community looking at those newly married spouses, those new to the military life, right. Help them, um, tell them the things that's helped them with their marriage. Like, you know, um, maybe your spouse is coming out of the field and when you go to pick them up, you bring them like their favorite drink they haven't had all week or something, you know, but those are things that we learn over time that we can share with one another. And you can definitely share those things with those new spouses, those new to the military life, because without those who have been in this lifestyle for a long time, helping out, like really they're going to be just as stuck and frustrated and help them not make the same mistakes or help them to overcome some of the hurdles just a little bit easier than what you did because you have that experience. You know what they can do to help their relationship with their spouse. Absolutely. And one thing for me before we wrap it up is I truly believe that having these hard conversations and these difficult and uncomfortable conversations early on in your relationship is going to make it so much easier to have them later on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm here to tell you relationships do not get easier. They only get more complicated. Um, (laughs) I, I I don't necessarily think they get harder. I I do. I think they just get more complicated and then you have to have those deeper conversations. Um, But if you've gone your whole relationship, you know, kind of, walking that line and not wanting to have that deep conversation in fear of upsetting your significant other. When you get to the point where you do have to have that very serious, very deep conversation, it's going to make it that much harder. Um, So one of the best pieces of advice that I can give is to have those conversations early and to have them often. Yep. Cause they're going to come if they don't come at first, eventually they're going to come. And when they do, it's going to be really rough to navigate. Yeah, I agree. You got to have them as my, as my eight year old would say, you have to have the conversation straight away. <laughs> uh, and, and there you have it. Uh, Candace and I will no longer be hosting this podcast. We'll just let Ella and Rosie do it. <laughs> Because I'm here to tell you, if you want some straight away conversation, get yourself an eight year old because they're going to tell it to you like it is. (laughs) But I mean, and we laugh about that. But honestly, there are some times I'm having a conversation with Ella and she, you know, obviously is innocent, doesn't think about anything, doesn't think about hurting somebody else's feelings. And she will straight up say something to me. And I'm like, "Ooh, you're right. You're so right. (laughs) Mm hmm. And, um, I, and then I just think to myself, like, what is it that changes in our life that gets us to the point of being so naive and not really, you know, I don't want to say not caring, but almost not caring to the point of not being able to have conversations because it is too uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, everyone grows and everyone, you know, changes throughout their life. Like people say, oh, people never change. 
I think the root of some of the things that you have in your life don't change, but your needs and desires and wants, they change throughout your life. And you just have to be willing to put that information out there for your spouse and to receive the same thing back from them, right? And not judge them and outline that you don't want to be judged either. It's just what it is for you. And you got to find a way to work through those things together. But really spending that time and doing something that specifically enriches your relationship with one another, whether that's date nights or a vacation or a staycation or, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, don't get yourself stuck into something either. Right. So like, it's a difficult balance. Like you say, Oh, we're going to do date night. Like, okay, well, you know, every once in a while, sure. Date night's great. Right. Like people are like, never stop dating your spouse. When I hear that, I used to think like, Oh, you guys have to go on a date like all the time. Like how (laughs) frustrating if I had to find childcare every time we were going to go on a date, I really like, I would just never do it. Um, but it's things like, you know, a while back, my husband was I think it was when he was on the drill field, or maybe it was right after when he deployed. I think he was deployed, right? He went on deployment right after he got off the drill field. And um, his mom was visiting his sister. They were down in San Diego, and we weren't far from there. We were up in Vista. And we went. he sent me a gift certificate to get a massage for my birthday. And I told him, I was like, don't do that. And he was like, why not? I'm going to do it anyways. And I was like, please don't do it. <laughs> because I have, was alone with my daughter. And I'm right. like, if it doesn't work out just so, like, I'm – I'm like, you're asking me to find someone to watch the baby, then I have to pay them to watch the baby, to go have this massage, I'm just going to be worried about what's going on with her, and all this stuff, and I'm like, or I have to drive all the way down to your sister's house, which is like a 30-45 minute drive, drop her off, find another location for a massage that I'm not familiar with, then afterward go pick her up, and then drive 30-45 to minutes back home, I'm like, it's just a waste of my time, don't do it. He did it anyways. (laughs) Of course he did, of course. And my, my mother-in-law was there, thankfully, to, like, help me just kind of not be so stressed out about it, right? And, you know, but those are the kinds of things, like, you really got to listen to your spouse and listen and understand what it is exactly that they're saying to you, right? Because if they're saying that something's going to be a little overwhelming for them, just yes. because it's a good idea for you or it's something you've done in the past that worked doesn't mean that that's the right decision right for that, for that, right that second, right? For that one thing. It may not be. Um, but like just real quick at some other things that I've seen is like the two, have you seen it? Like the two times two times two where like every two weeks we go on a date and every two months we spend this weekend and then like every two, two something or like people do it in threes. Like every three weeks we go on a date, every three months we like go spend a weekend or, or do an overnight and then like every I don't know. I don't forget how it works. How, yes. Like every three I, days we do something or something like that. Yep, you know what I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I've seen it on Pinterest actually. Yeah. I feel like that would be a little overwhelming for me, but I understand the concept. Um, but overwhelming for me because I feel like a lot of times I do a lot of the work yes. to prepare for that stuff. Right. So it's got to be a shared like thing, but that kind of stuff really is just an idea to give you a baseline to start from. Right. Like, so doing those things, to really enrich your specific relationship, things that really bond the two of you together has to be something that regularly is a priority, I would say. Yes, I agree completely. Absolutely. And what is good for you isn't going to be good for somebody else. So, okay, somebody else needs to have date night every week, but that's overwhelming for you. Yeah. 
that's fine. Find what works for you. And the easiest way and the best way that you're going to do that is communicating. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we are, you know, past our 30 minute time frame that we try to, that we try to aim for every time. Um, and every time we're like, Oh, we just have so much to say. Um, (laughs) and it's all great information. And I really do. I've had so many people reach out to us and tell us, you know, how helpful this podcast is. And when I started this podcast, I know I told Dustin, you know, cause of course he was like, Oh my freaking God, you're going to start a podcast about being a military spouse. If that does not scream Dependa, I don't know what does. Um, <laughs> and I laugh about it. Um, and even on my kickball jersey, um, I have the Dependa on the back of it. Um, and I laugh about it because, you know, people try to make it a bad thing. And I think it's funny. But I told him, I said, the purpose of me starting this podcast is to give someone the information that I didn't get when I was a new military spouse. Yeah. And so... Same thing for this. You know, we try to keep the episodes short, but sometimes there's just more that we need to say to help our fellow military spouses, whether it's new, old, young, you know, whatever, seasoned. We are here to help you guys. So if you have any questions or suggestions or feedback or anything like that, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. I promise we're nice people. We don't bite. Um, <laughs> we will respond. Candace now has full access to all social media outlets. <laughs> Yay. Um, so we will respond. I promise. Um, but thank you for being here with us today. Um, and like I said, if you guys have any future topic ideas, I would love to hear them um, because we want to provide information for you guys. Obviously we're living this life ourselves, but we want to be able want to be able to help you guys so please reach out to us and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode